You're listening to JSCN, radio for the Jewish small communities. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Horwich, and this is JSCN Talk, the podcast for the Jewish small communities and for anybody who's interested in Jewish topics and Jewish way of life. Before I introduce today's interview, let me tell you about the episodes which are coming up and rounding off season one. We're going over to Sheffield to get some insights into what it's like to live in the Jewish community there. I have to tell you, we had a fantastic regional meeting. We had communities from Norwich all the way up to Newcastle coming to that meeting and it was a great time. We're going to try and do that again. Next up, we have a complete contrast because we look at Middle East politics. I talked to Asas Seneva. He has been studying and analysing the politics of the Middle East and the uh, Israel-Arab peace process for years. Uh, He is a lecturer at Birmingham University and a specialist in this area. He has many insights into the politics of uh, Israel in the Middle East and, in fact, was a biographer of Abba Iban, the famous Israeli diplomat. Uh, He's going to be giving us some insights and telling us why the peace process failed in the past and what are its chances in the future. And then we come to our unmissable season finale. Sal Litvak, the accidental Talmudist. Do you remember this guy in episode two? He's a film director who created a film, a comedy, fantastic film, When Do We Eat? All about a dysfunctional uh, Seder night. And you must watch the film. It's on Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, just go ahead and watch it. It's great. And uh, But he's a lot more depth to him. He has a million followers on Facebook uh, who follow his talks on Talmud. Did you know his mother was born in a concentration camp? His grandmother inspired him to reconnect with his Judaism after he was not connected with Judaism at all, really. That is an unmissable season finale we've got. But back to today's interview. I spoke to Philip Rosenberg from the Board of Deputies. They have authored a document called The Jewish Manifesto for Local Government. Why is that important to us? Well, when you think about it, Most local councillors have never met a Jewish person. How could they possibly understand your Jewish needs and your Jewish perspective? They need to know all the other constituents, what their needs and perspectives are. The Jewish perspective is important as well. So I asked Philip to explain to us how the document works and what it's all about. Well, we felt that it was important to try and inform candidates of different parties what the Jewish community wanted in the elections, but also to empower members of the Jewish community who wanted to be able to ask about issues that were important to them as Jews, to be able to have the information in a place where they could have it by the door. So whenever anyone knocks on the door and says, will you vote for me, they could ask them about those issues. So it was for really two audiences. Why particularly (laughs) do you think such a document was needed? Well, we felt that actually there were a lot of issues that were not dealt with by national government or even regional government, but were dealt with by local authorities uh, in terms of the Jewish community, whether that's issues around particular arrangements for local community safety, tackling anti-Semitism is, of course, important. We know that in many cases, or in a number of cases, Jewish communities have been concerned when uh, councils have passed anti-Israel motions or or, or flown flown flags in a way that made the community feel uncomfortable. There have been recently very high profile issues around coroners uh, and um, also issues that affect smaller communities, you know, because I know that people who live outside larger Jewish communities, they want social care 
sometimes struggle to get their local authority to pay for them to have access uh, social care facilities in London, Manchester, or any of the other Jewish communities that have those care homes. So we wanted to really create a document that would make it clear to local authorities, local councillors, how they could support their local Jewish communities, whether those are larger Jewish communities or smaller Jewish communities. So you mentioned that um, it was reaching out to, to those local communities which had Jewish populations, um, Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, places like that. But there are, like I say, Jews in every borough, in every county in the country. Is it actually going to reach those boroughs, those councillors? Yeah, well, we're trying to make sure it's gone everywhere. So we've sent it through the LGA to uh, every one of the party groups to distribute among all their candidates across the uh, across the country. And what we're doing is after uh, we've sent it out, we're running a series of seminars for uh, local authorities across the country done by region. So we've done one. Uh, we've had them in Greater London, in Greater Manchester, in uh, Newcastle and Gateshead. We've got one coming up for the East and West Midlands for both the more substantial Jewish communities around Birmingham and Nottingham, for example, but also for all the local authorities in that area. And of course, one, in fact, which you attended, Ed, in, in, in Leeds for the in Yorkshire Leeds. region as well. Yes. So we, we are trying to reach as many people as possible because, as you say, there are Jews in every local authority area. And what we specifically said in this manifesto is local Jewish communities are smaller. In fact, there's a whole section on smaller Jewish communities, which um, makes reference in fact to uh, local authorities get in touch with, with yourselves and the Jewish Smaller Communities Network that says that there are, you know, where there are small numbers of Jews, there may be particular issues. They may be particularly intimidated by uh, hostility, uh, anti-Semitic hostility or hostility to Israel. So you mentioned reacting to anti-Semitism there. Uh, yeah. Obviously, at the moment, anti-Semitism is very much up in the headlines. <laughs> I don't suppose that this document was conceived mainly to counter such things, but do you think it has a role now with, with this heightened awareness? It has a very important role. I mean, anti-Semitism has been in the headlines for some years now, and particularly allegations of the Labour Party, but also we've had today uh, a council candidate in the Conservative Party suspended, have been you know around for a couple of years. So it has been produced with that in the background. And indeed, the first um, chapter in the, in the local government manifesto is about anti-Semitism. And just how topical it is, is established by the fact that the ask... I was going to ask, I mean, you've got a certain number of things in there labelled policy asks. Yeah. So is this what you're referring to? Yes, exactly. Throughout the document, under each section, you've got policy asks. But because not every politician, we would hope every politician would read the thing cover to cover, but not every single one is going to read it cover to cover. We have at the beginning of each of our manifestos, and indeed in this manifesto, what we call the Ten Commitments, which are a summary of what the document essentially says as a whole. And those 10 commitments will give a, a summary of each of the chapters, if you like, what are the things we're asking for. And the first one of those commitments, I'll just read it to you, is to oppose anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim hatred, and all forms of racism, adopt the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's working definition of anti-Semitism and its appended examples to provide guidance to elected officials and public servants about this persistent form of prejudice. So that's the very first item. And it's very topical as we speak today because uh, on Tuesday when colleagues from the Board of Deputies and the Jewish Leadership Council met with Jeremy Corbyn, one of the issues they were asking him to do was to ensure that the uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism had been adopted by Labour and was being distributed. Uh, Labour announced that it had adopted it in December 2016. It turned out in the meeting they had only adopted three <laughs> sentences and not all the appended examples. So they are behind in a sense where... 
over 100 local authorities are, where the UK government is, where the Scottish government is, where the Welsh government is, because they've all adopted the full uh, IRA, as we call it, International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition in full. And so it's a really important time for those local authorities who want to show solidarity with the Jewish community with this heightened awareness of anti-Semitism to adopt this definition with all its appended examples, because that's very important. It gives a clear steer as to what anti-Semitism is, because you can't easily fight anti-Semitism unless you know what it is. And so this helps people to recognise it. So do you think if local councillors see the parliamentary part of politics hesitating, that's going to raise a question mark over easily adopting what's in this document? I don't think so. I really don't think so, because as I've said, government has adopted it. The Scottish government, the Welsh government, uh, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance itself is made up of 31 countries. It's not you know, even just a Jewish community uh, definition. It is one that has really been put together with very careful thought. And we believe it is a very good definition, uh, that it seeks to encapsulate the main forms of anti-Semitism that we see. And even for those who sort of say, well, you know, how can I be sure that I'm going to be able to occasionally offer legitimate criticism of Israel? We say this is a very helpful guide because it describes a number of circumstances where criticism of Israel might become anti-Semitic. But by definition, everything else pretty much is fair game. So, you know, it's wrong to support terrorism against uh, Jewish people. Uh, that's probably obvious as a form of anti-Semitism. It's wrong to compare Israel to a Nazi state. In some contexts, um, anti-Zionism, denying the Jewish people of all the people in the world the right to self-determination uh, is can be anti-Semitic too. So it, it defines those a few things that could be anti-Semitic, but you know, criticism of uh, Israeli government policy, like any policy, is still possible. Doesn't mean we'd agree with them, but it, you know, it's not anti-Semitic necessarily. So thinking about local communities, people who might want to get involved themselves. Are there key things that you think people should do? Because presumably uh, they'll want to go and download this document, which they can do. They can download it from the Board of Deputies website, I'm sure, and they can certainly download it from the Jewish Small Communities Network website, which people have been doing, I noticed. If they were to take this document, read it, and then want to yeah. approach their local councillors, what would you suggest their approach is? Well, I would look up the email addresses of their candidates for their local wards, and send them a link to the manifesto and ask them, will you support these 10 local commitments? Um, after the election, send the same email to when the councillors have their email addresses on, on the uh, council website, ask them then, will they support these 10 local commitments? Offer to meet with them, offer to talk them through the information. And the, the idea that we've provided here is that we've provided information that people can talk with confidence about the issues affecting Jewish communities at a local level. And if they need any help or support, they should be in touch with us at the Board of Deputies and we're very happy to give additional advice. What we want to do is empower our community to make the ask that needs to make. You know, the Board of Deputies, we have 300 deputies, we have uh, about 15 staff. But actually, our greatest asset is the community. The community speaking out, empowered, is, is really the best way that we can ensure that the influence of the Jewish community, uh, that the things that we need, are understood by politicians at every level and so I would encourage people to take this document and, and, and make sure that they can be part of, of expressing the Jewish community's wants and needs to their local politicians because ultimately uh, they, they need to respond to them, they're their local constituents, their local residents so we hope that this will be useful. So let's be clear, this document isn't just for this round of local elections. People can use this, it might get revised in future, I suppose, but yeah. they, you can continue to use it for years potentially to come. 
we've written it in that way. It's not so specific to the, the moment now. There are certain things that probably pertain very particularly to now, but very little of it will date. Many of these things are issues that will be consistently of interest to the Jewish community. I'd love it if in the next uh, edition of this, we had to include less of the issues because local authorities were so well informed by this process that uh, many of these things were taken as read. But at the moment, uh, look, many local authorities are quite good on these things, but we want to make sure that there's consistency across the board. We want to make sure we don't have incidents where there are coroners who are refusing to provide a certification to enable quick burials. We want to make sure the local authorities are supporting people to receive the care uh, in the place that they can receive it in a culturally sensitive way. We want to ensure that where communities want to, for example, put up an error, uh, that this is understood by local authorities as a, as a positive thing. We've said all those things out there. We hope that this will continue to, to push in the right direction for the vibrancy of Jewish communities, large and small, across the UK. So where uh, local people have an area, perhaps, that they perceive is uh, in conflict with their local councillors, what is the approach you suggest people take in those circumstances? Well, I suggest that they write to those local councillors and politely but, but firmly explain problems, request a meeting so that they can explain them fully, perhaps invite them if there's a, a synagogue or whatever to see that, uh, to visit it, to understand what our community is about. I think one of our strongest assets, by the way, is off, you know, Friday night dinners. If you're hosting Friday night dinners, think about inviting people to attend those because it's a really powerful um, asset that we have as, in terms of our showing people who we are. But um, invite people in whatever format you feel comfortable to, to have a discussion about those things. Explain why, why we have the request that we have and see if they'll change their mind. If they want, again, any support or advice on how to approach it, we at the Board of Deputies are very happy to offer advice on the approaches. If there's a particularly challenging issue, people are not sure quite how to put it uh, in a way that is, as I say, both polite but firm, uh, we can help advise on that. So the thing I would say to people is, look, these people are elected to serve you. They're elected to serve residents. Even if you didn't vote for a local councillor, they serve you in your area. They are accountable to you and you should um, invite them to speak. If you don't get what you want, there are ways to push that further. We're very happy to advise, but those are the general ways that I would suggest people think about influencing their local politicians. Now, I know you're no stranger to local politics because you've been a local councillor yourself. How do you think your fellow councillors have responded both to this document and the current heated debate about anti-Semitism. Councillors across the country are tweeting their support for this document. Uh, the leaders of all the local government association groups have sent in statements of support for it. We've had a very positive reaction. You know, I can't say it's unanimous. I don't know whatever is in the mind of every local authority councillor or candidate. But there is a lot of positivity around this document. Um, I think that in general terms, uh, a lot of local councillors are, you know, uh, you know, people who support many of the things that we would care about, although there is a lot of uh, ignorance. This is part of why we've produced this document. Going forward, do you think the board is going to be producing more of these documents in different ways? As I said, we've produced at every level of government so far, so national, regional, uh, and now local. We also in the past produced for the European Parliament. And we produce a lot of kind of policy documents. I mean, we produced one about Brexit and the Jewish community. Uh, that was a joint publication with the, our colleagues at Jewish Leadership Council. We produced guides on various forms of religious practice, whether that's employment rights of Jewish people. We work at the Board of Deputies to support Jews in the workplace to get, for example, 
time off for religious festivals or the Sabbath or to advise employers about the needs of Jewish communities in terms of bereavement or kosher food or any number of things. We've also produced a guide for lawyers and family courts for usually, unfortunately, a sad case of divorces, advising on what the Jewish needs are in those circumstances. We are very much about producing advice that empowers uh, professionals, leaders, influencers, opinion formers and Jewish community members to live the fullest Jewish life and to provide the, the, the best environment for a full Jewish life in this country. Uh, I'm very pleased to say that JSCN has had a small part in that document as well and we are one of their referral points for local councillors who want to connect with small Jewish communities. So if you are a councillor and you had to listen to this or you know a councillor and uh, you want him to understand the Jewish perspective a bit more, uh, we're very happy to help or you can just go to the JSCN website and you can download a PDF copy of the Jewish Manifesto for Local Government. It's as simple as that. It's also one of the things that JSCN can do is to liaise between local politicians, local government and the local community and we'd love to meet them. In fact, I'm going to be accompanying a group of local councillors to Poland uh, on a tour around some of the sites of the Holocaust and I'll be doing some interviews and recordings whilst I'm there and that will be coming up in a future podcast. But next time on JSCN Talk, I go to Sheffield to meet the small community there. I'm Ed Horwich. Join me next time on JSCN Talk, the podcast for Jewish small communities.